tonight we are going to talk about hot news and this is episode 219 or as we're going to call it the rowdy Talese episode because that was his average <laughs> it's time for dingers this is dingers way more than fantasy baseball we keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park <laughs> let's see the stats what's the average draft position what kind of plays you making check the wins above replacement check the lineups and the points this i gotta see what's your path to victory are they aiming for a dynasty get points going head to head please don't do me no favors we're always watching waivers ain't no minor league this is major yeah dingers let's go Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Heimer Candelario that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight-up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined, as always, by Robert Baseball the Third from the Murder Room. And special guest this evening, Rotisserie Ronald, uh, has made an appearance with us uh, again to talk some hot news as Rob said in his deep truck stop smoker voice, uh, he is yeah. with us. I just put on Twitter under the um, uh, announcement when it comes on that says, you know, at, at Dinger's Pod is where you can find us. Uh, but I put underneath where it said the episode, uh, I said, my voice is so rough, your mom wants to ride it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, Welcome, Ronnie. Ronnie. Thank you. I mean, it's only like what 19 episodes late. I've been trying to get on since 200 again. So, you know, better or 881 too early. Depends on how you look at it. Uh, there yeah, you go. I'll be back for, for that episode. Episode 1100. Yeah. Once we switch from talking averages to talking OPS, then we'll have <laughs> yeah, you back on. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a gap in between. Um, uh, but yeah. Oh, I, I still sound sick. I mean, I did on the last one. A couple people mentioned I didn't mute myself enough with coughing. I apologize. Back off, guys. All right. The number of times I did mute myself and then Ty was like, you're on mute. Um, I, I don't know what was worse. Probably the information I was sharing. But anyway, um, tonight it's all about the hot news and I'm excited. Ty, how's life for you? I know you were talking uh, tournament stuff the other day. Yeah, it's tournament season, so it's it's always fun. Uh, did the old code review into the late hours of the evening this week, so just fun stuff. But you know, it it comes with the territory, so all good. Uh, but ready to talk hot stove because obviously this is where we do work. This is when we get paid absolutely nothing to help everyone that listens, <laughs> um, and and that's why we brought Ronnie here because he's he uh, brings up our our average earnings by exactly nothing. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> So I think in honor of that, we do what people do that make zero dollars. And a long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. That's the best I could do with the cup. That's right. There's lots of yeah. There's lots of noises. I don't know if you yeah. can, obviously you can't see that on my camera, but 
Yeah. The podcast listeners can't see it, but tell us what is it? Let me guess. Steam whistle. You know, I was gonna go steam whistle, but I diversified. Hey, right on. The lug tread. What is it? The Bose lug tread. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought for sure he was gonna roll with it. I thought he was gonna for sure come in with a crown float just to be. Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> that would have been later. great. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so funny. <laughs> I'll have to save that till I have a camera again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Robbie, how, how about you? I know you've obviously been fighting the flu, and and I figured we would continue that conversation of how are you over a drink. So, yeah, I uh, I still um, I haven't drank in a while, but I'm ground floating tonight uh, <laughs> because I are. have to work. Well, here's the best part: I have to work a breakfast function tomorrow um, for 83 people, something like that. Um, so I'm going to go into work, do that, not breathe on the food, obviously. Um, and then, uh, head off to a niece's, uh, my niece's birthday party. So that'll be fun. Exciting. She's going to be three. So we're all very excited, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a horse just like the guys we're going to talk about tonight. Some of them are, are fantasy horses. What would you call somebody who's, who's terrible for fantasy purposes? And I don't just mean, um, well, I guess we could call them all Alex Reyes, but we'll get to him eventually. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are, are, we, are we sticking with the farm animal theme here? Sure, why not? I mean, you got a horse that's going to ride you to the championship, so you know, and so a goat, barn, barn cats, then barn cats. Sure. Well, I don't know. They serve a purpose. Do they? <laughs> yeah, they're your utility RP type guy. They definitely serve a purpose. They get rid of the mice. So barn cats. Barn cats. Like barn cat would on- be like. My my fantasy team name should be Barn Cats. One hundred percent. Your entire team is made up of Barn Cats. What's what's something you just like find? I guess Barn Cats. Yeah, you just randomly find. They're everywhere. Useless. And sometimes they just have multiplied. They're just fighting to keep their career alive, right? Like I mean, that's (laughs) what Barn Cats do. So I I think we're on. I feel like it. Yeah, I think it's here. Yeah, Um, the brand. That's the T-shirt. Yeah. So so let's talk about Barn Cats, and I mean, there's no more obvious place to start than the Colorado Rockies uh, who, who are more made like up a barn fire, but yeah. Yeah. Austin <laughs> Gomber farm cat. Um, Nolan Jones now farm cat uh, traded from the Cleveland guardians to the Colorado Rockies in exchange for what's his first name? Burrito? I think it's Juan, Juan Brito, Juan Brito, yeah. like Juan. An, a legit J two guy. Juan, don't call me Burrito. Uh, like don't it. don't do that. Not all night. <laughs> Are you gonna just nickname them all? Why not? This is this is gonna be like papayas all over again. Oh, poor Andy. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Ronnie, what do you think on this one? Nolan Jones supposed to be a power hitter. Got some time finally last year with the Guardians. It was not great, and then shipped off to Colorado. Which I mean, fantasy owners love every player of theirs that's not a pitcher going to Colorado. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> exactly. If he can carve out some playing time, there's never a useless player in Colorado who's you know a starter or even starting like five days a week. If you're in deep league, thirty teams or more, there's all I always got room for Rockies on my team. Well, and I think one of the big things is throughout kind of his minor league career, like there was a prominence for uh, on base percentage, right? Four hundred through the yeah. the lower minors, uh, dripped down to about three seventy in the upper tiers, but it's still there. Right? He'll, he'll come back around. We saw blips of it last season at AAA and at the pro level. 
although briefly at the pro level. You know, this is a good trade. Good trade his, for Nolan Jones. His AAA. I'm just looking at his his player card here. His AAA games are actually, I believe, in Colorado. Um, if that's what the COL stands for here, and what I'm looking at, it's, I think it's Columbus. Oh, Columbus. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely I'm Columbus. Too excited. I was wondering why yeah. they would have a triple A. I mean, there's a lot of elevation change in Columbus. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I got too but, excited when I see that COL. Well, I, I think that's an advantage, though. To, like, if you're saying you like the stat line, though, Ronnie, because if anything, it's supposed to be better, right? So yep. it, it, in a higher altitude, it's supposed to be a little easier. Um, but I will say this for everybody who is excited about Nolan Jones. He certainly is not a shoe-in to start the year with Colorado. And at the same time, when he does carve out time, uh, on the opposite side of guys on their 26-man who could be in trouble, uh, depending on what else they do this offseason, a Connor Joe, who started to lose at bats the last third of 2022, is certainly a guy who could be hampered by an acquisition like Jones because you give the prospect pedigree there. Even though Connor Joe could just end up moving to another team and being a useful bench bat, I think the days of Connor Joe starting could be closing if they haven't already um of course health dependent because that's what, what kept him in the lineup last year uh, he just stopped getting time once colorado started to uh, promote some of their younger guys well and I, then, I mean I, I think the reality is you, i don't know that you give up a juan burrito if you're not intending on starting him right like burrito's yeah, numbers good point. like last season yeah. 11 bombs out of the shortstop position eight eight seventy seven ops at, at a ball like still a ways to go before we're going to see it but 11 bombs out of, a, out of a shortstop at a ball is prominent and enough to to take note, right? So I, I think they have every intention of it. You know, McMahon is a guy that's not necessarily a, a solidified third baseman, even though he's a good defensive third baseman, right? So you could see those guys interchange, plus you got the DH. So I think Nolan Jones, as long as he shows up, is going to break the squad out of camp. Um, oh, that's, okay. that's where I see it. Yeah, that's not, I mean, that's that's a great spot for him. And, and Brito going to the Guardians is also very interesting because all they do now is collect shortstops. Shortstops and, and pitchers who are like, huh, who? And then, you know, we turn around and see fantasy assets that come come of it. Um, Brito's further away, of course, but still, like, they've got six legitimate potential shortstops in the, you know, like rookie eligible, I guess I'll say in under, cause some of them played last year. Um, so the guardians might have more moves ahead for them, but I mean, you secure Jose Ramirez, you no longer have a need for Nolan Jones. If you don't think you can move him around. Yeah. They definitely have no shortage of middle infielders to the point where Arias was playing first base in the playoffs, right? That that's a decent shortstop defensively and he's playing first base. So that's really what you need to know on that front. Yep. All right. That's the end of that one. So the next one is, uh, if only we still had that train horn, uh, Tommy John train is in town for our boy, Bryce Harper. Um, my, my comment on this one is how could this not be a good buy low time for everybody who's in an auction league? Otherwise no one's honestly going to care, but if there's a clock that's ticking, um, this is the time where somebody in the off season, you have a hard cap in your league or penalties or whatever. Bryce Harper is going to be expensive. Maybe you want to try to swoop in now um, and get Harper, but like he'll be back midseason at the you know, latest. The only thing here that worried me a little bit, and it depends on your league, and it came up in one of my leagues, not with you guys, but position eligibility. And if you're in a league where he's going to just be playing DH and he loses right field or outfield status, 
that oh, for 2024. So it would be for yeah. the following season. Yeah, if he if he loses, no, he'll be back before that. That status that would be. Um, yeah, concerned. and that would only happen. Um, that would only happen for the first whatever week or ten. It would based on your league's mm-hmm. setup. It would only af- affect you the following couple of weeks before he gains it back. Um, but but also Philly, like isn't Schwarber there? DH. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about that. So it's yeah, it's definitely going to create a, a situation. Left field. He, he was again. playing left field. He was playing left field last year. Did he right? move? Okay. Yeah, he okay. was playing left field. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't think they have a significant problem that way. I mean. Between the guys that they have, he can move them around. Heck, put Schwarber at second base. Play the Moustakas play. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, Matt Veerling can play all over the field, right? So. And move Riamuto out to second. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. What was that one time? What was that idea? <laughs> well, Schor- Schwarber was drafted <laughs> as a catcher. Fun fact. Right? Yeah, I remember that by the Cubs. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, well, that speaking of bad ideas, uh, Ty, speaking of bad ideas, Tyler Anderson, three-year deal with yeah. the Los Angeles Angels. Um, I feel like last year was just like a high point, a peak, as some people may say. He turned into a three-year deal. I'm not interested for dynasty purposes. Ty, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I, I've never been a Tyler Anderson guy. I will never be a Tyler Anderson guy. I'm even less of a Tyler Anderson guy now that he's an angel, right? Like it's this is just, you know, it's becoming Colorado, right? It's it's where pitchers go to die. It's just become a cesspool of productivity from a fantasy pitching perspective. So I, I'm 100% out until someone not named Shohei Otani proves me wrong. Uh, it just it's the, the six-man it rotation. Ronnie? Yeah. yeah, I am not a fan of that six-man rotation. It screws yeah. up. You guys are like training for 15, 20 years of your life. Well, that might be a little stretch. But like your whole semi-pro career in the five days and then you – get thrown in the six and we all know baseball is all about routine and then these guys get traded and now they have to do like pitch every six instead of every five and i think some it helps them but for most it might throw them off yeah it just well, be, becomes once a week right that's what it works out to yeah. with the days off they're essentially like you get your day like a college pitcher your friday saturday or sunday mm-hmm. in the world of the angels your monday through sunday's guy right like you'll just end up being on that guy which would suck if you're an early week guy i bet yeah and one for- thing that i Okay. Go ahead, Ernie. I was just going to say for weekly leagues, you're only ever going to get really one start a week from him. So that negates yep. some of his value in, in a in a head-to-head weekly league. Yeah, agreed. The one, the one thing I think is interesting that we might see more of this year as their younger guys get a little bit more uh, in, in count is that you might see more bullpen days. So you might see them pitch on their third off day or their fourth off day as a bullpen day as a and, and save the bullpen, right? So could be a really interesting strategy that they might roll out this year. I, I would love to see it. I think it's a good one. Like if you can roll your your best pitchers out every third day for an inning and a half or an inning, depending on their pitch count, why not? Yeah. That's, it's a good it's a good move. Uh, but just as long as the guys can come out of the pen and do that, that's the question. I thought it was going to be a good thing for the Angels because they'd be able to essentially – uh, go really hard with their high cake, you know, like situational pitchers because they had six, six starters. You can ask more of each starter, but at the same time, when you make a move, you could have more specialized guys, but that's like the opposite of what's happened. And when a starter blows up with the angels, which seems to be well last year, at least twice a week, they're pooched. I remember oh, watching the game really early last year and I forget what the hell it was that happened, who they were playing, but I was watching basically the decline 
so early in the year, I'm like, they're they're toast right now. Like they're yeah, they started you know, out pretty good, right? And yes, then they and just when bad. the Blue Jays came around, I think they might have swept them, and that was uh, that was the beginning of the end for Joe Madden. Poor guy. Well, Poor just, but here's here's the thought though. Like if you have six guys with that throw one extra inning between every start, like you're about 160, 170 innings. If you get more than one inning out of those guys, like you could have an extra starter worth an in innings, um, yeah. which is a really interesting strategy. And, I, and I'm kind of angry at myself for not catching on that that's a possibility. But like that would be a phenomenal strategy if they set up this whole six man to do that. That would be dominant because you roll them out as the opener. That way they get a starter's routine. They yep. don't have to worry about the middle inning. Uh, and then the guys roll in right after. Like it would be a really interesting the bu- move. The bullpen day. Right, the bullpen yeah. day becomes whatever twenty pitches in game, because they're throwing full out on those bullpen days. So yeah. why, why not give the team some value, and then you know, you know maybe you save a lever in the pen, and you have more bats off the bench. Unrelated to fan, well, kind of related to fantasy. I'm curious what that team will do if Otani goes down for you know a month. Like, would they go back to a five yeah. man? And then how's that you know <clears throat> work? Into that's the- that's very interesting. They did go back when he was on his Tommy John year. They were five man. So he was going to be here, not just like a couple week period. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it would be up to the manager at that point in time. I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't try to force that six unless they feel like it's a legit strategy. Right. Um, doing it. Cause I know some teams talked about it, but anyway, that was too much time for Tyler Anderson and, and the angels, <laughs> uh, Colorado resigned an RP. Do we care? Well, maybe Tyler Kinley, um, deep, deep league guy, deep points league specifically. Cause you can get, you know, points for K's and things like that. Save hold league, possibly a guy. Um, potential closer option if Bard goes down if something bad happens. But I mean, this isn't like super exciting. Um, like a lot of the names we're going to discuss, but it's it's something to note. He's back, and obviously Colorado likes him. Yeah, Colorado that's about all. That's about all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eliza yeah. Hernandez to the Mets, uh, lets us all calm down. He sucks and, um, he's not ideally going to be in their opening day rotation. I Just- actually somewhat potentially disagree. I actually think this could be one of the sneakier off season plays. Like there's a, there's right. an arm here. It just, I don't know if it didn't get the right attention, the right coaching, or if there was an attitude thing underneath it, we won't know until we see it, but there's some upside to this arm. And, and it could be a really sneaky acquisition in deeper leagues that could end up with, you know, some nice upside into a rotation because who knows what the Mets rotation is going to be. They don't have right. enough depth if they lose uh, the, the arms, that they the two arms that they could potentially lose. Right. So this, well, this Bassett's is a, also a, a free agent. Free arms, too, you're right. Yeah. Right? yeah. He's got cookie Bassett and, and DeGrom. You gotta, we gotta assume DeGrom's coming back. Like I it just, it doesn't feel right if he's not a Met. Uh, but I, I do think Hernandez could potentially get a shot or, or at least have the short track to to win a spot. Yeah, I think he could have a shot. I'm just saying don't count on him as someone the Mets are going to be like, that's our SP 4-5. I think he's a 6-7, and then he's got to do the same thing he did in Miami initially, which was come in in the season and then do something useful, which he wasn't too big on. Uh, Ronnie, you an Eliza Hernandez guy or nah? Uh, if I'm just building, if I have a really deep bench and I'm building, you know, building out the 40 man, if the price yep. is right, I can get them. I'll throw them on there. I'm not, not going out of my way to acquire them. I feel like guys in this category, there's a dozen 
dozen you could pick between that would get you the same outcome at the end of the day. Uh, you know, six, seven starter that might luck into getting a full-time rotation spot. I wouldn't press it, wouldn't press it myself, but if I could, if it landed in my lap, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. Okay. How about uh, Oscar Mercado? He uh, was good for that brief period of time with uh, Cleveland and then has been disappointing fantasy owners since. He's now with the Cardinals, who I believe is the team that initially drafted him. I personally don't care. Uh, Ronnie, do you care? And then Ty? I did not know he got traded to the Cardinals. So there was a period of time that I, I was think it was to... like a release or something. Like it, he signed like a minor league deal. Yeah, so he, was just he signed a minor league deal. Um I was trying to get him back in like 2019 or 2020, 2019 after that, mm-hmm. you know, season he had, but he's just never really done anything. Uh, I don't know. This one, I'd like to see what Ty says. This one, I don't know if I'm just holding on hope, a little Nomar Miraza here, or if I should just cut. <laughs> this is never, ever <laughs> Nomar Mazzara. Like Oscar Mercado is a depth piece. Um, I, you know, I think Dixon Machado signed with LA this week. Uh, I think that's a, a comparable here, like a guy that has. Oh, okay. I didn't even upside. put him on the list. I didn't even think yeah. he was worthy. Well, okay, cool. Well, he I'm came glad back. Him up. He came back from uh, where Japan or wherever he was playing before. Uh, but I think this is a very similar comparable. There's just not a lot other than organizational depth, right? So this is a guy. If you're desperate for a bats, you don't want to scratch a run or two across. Like, this is really all you're getting. So, especially St. Louis, like, I think that's probably the worst position for him to have landed to hope for major league at-bats. Like, that outfield is crowded. I just don't see see how Oscar Mercado cracks through that. It was 2019, Ronnie, that he had his breakout year, uh, 269 average with a solid stat line across the board. He was uh, hot garbage since then. And then Ty, last year, Dixon Machado played with... Uh, the Cubs and the Giants on their farm system and was a very good player. 291, average 372 OBP, um, but stolen bases were 10 and power is non-existent at six. Yeah. So I would I would say they are very similar, um, both disappointing and not worth talking about again. But Anthony Rizzo is. Anthony Rizzo's <laughs> back with the Yankees. Are we just going to see the slow decline and then everybody just forgets about Anthony Rizzo, but he ends up on a bunch of championship rosters in fantasy. That's what's going to happen. Right. We agree. I mean, Rizzo is a category guy. Like I think they're yeah. like, if you're drafting Rizzo, you're drafting him for categories and that's it. I mean, he's not going to be the centerpiece of your team and and I don't think he's being drafted that way anymore. Right. So I, I think he fits the mold. He probably shouldn't have always fit because he really only had two monster seasons. Right. Outside of that, he's just been a good player and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yep. I, I think he still fits that mold. If you ask me, I mean, I, lo- has- I love the Yankee resign though. That's about as good as it gets for him. Yeah. The average is going to kind of kill you, but he's going to put up the, the home runs in that park and he's going to put up decent RBIs and, and runs for a first base. I, I do think, I do I think we'll see it. a tick up in averages here. Like I, I think two fifties potential there for him it was- uh, in Yankee stadium. Yeah, it's 248 last year, 224 drop down. Uh, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to, I want to kind of look back, see how he ended the year, if he was trending in the right direction or not. But his OPS was above 800. Yep. Yeah, so that's very stable for Rizzo. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, his career averaged 265, right? So, like, I think a tick up from what we saw last year, like, I talk about this all the time, guys, like switching leagues. Like, last year was his first 
real full season in the AL, right? He came across, had moderate success down the stretch for the Yankees in 21, but full season adjustments, you know, all good. But, you know, he had a bunch of injuries last year too. So, like, I, I don't think 224 is what we should expect out of Rizzo. 250, 820, 830 OBP or OB, OPS, sorry, um, is what we're looking for, I think. And the Yankees also had a very interesting lineup as the year went on. Like they just eventually were like Rizzo's our leadoff hitter. And, yeah. you know, they they did that unique thing. We'll see what happens this year yeah. um, when they fail to sign Judge and end up with uh, Brandon Nimmo. They're going back to the, <laughs> the balanced schedule now. So he's going to see a lot of pitchers he's familiar with now. Um, so that could mm-hmm. that could bump him back up to his average. I agree. I, I think and, that's an expectation. <clears throat> That'll be an interesting one um, for the overall. I compare Rizzo, Ty, to kind of how you do Molina. I think he's going to age in that same vein of being useful, but he's so commonplace and no longer a top, you know, whatever, three to five type guy that he's going to be forgotten, which is why I said he'll end up on championship teams because he's still helping. Somebody who won't end up on any of your championship teams is uh, newly acquired Red Sox, Hoy Park. Um, one-time high average guy, I think it was 2021, it must have been, um, that he had a really good average and AAA season with the Yankees. He was either DFA'd or traded at the deadline. He may have been the Clay Holmes trade. That would be interesting if he was. Um, traded to the Pirates, and then he got to play a little bit of Major League Baseball, but he's never been able to put it together. And the Pirates designated you, and that is a bad sign. Um, <laughs> and then the Red Sox acquire you. And I don't know how I feel about that, but he's there and he'll start to get some notes. And if you're in Red Sox nation area, you're going to start to hear a lot about all those players. And because he's got MLB time, his name will come up as part of that depth chart. Um, Ronnie, I'm interested to know in a player like Jock Peterson, A, if you are you know a guy who likes to roster him and B, if you care about this uh, taking the qualifying offer or he just re-signed with San Fran. Either way. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought job. you were talking about Park and I was going to yeah. say, who the, is no, Park? I moved on to Chalk. So, uh, so real real quick, he was in the Clay Holmes trade and okay. all I can Thank think you. of right now in my head is like the song War, but hoy, Park, what <laughs> is he good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> hey, come on. Now. That's actually, that's pretty good. That's, yeah, no, that's pretty good. Jack okay, Peterson, but I moved though? on before you guys. Uh, so yeah, you did. You just skipped right on, on through Hope Park. That was that was that's the championship ringer right there. Because he uh, didn't want us to dump on him. That's why. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jock Peterson. I owned some shares of Jock Peterson last year. I got him really late in a lot of leagues or for dirt cheap, and sort of like Rizzo, he's just a category guy for me, and like. The, I think the Giants are going to be forced to pay him. They're paying him almost $20 million a year. They're not going to put him on the bench. So right. He's going to get playing time. Um, but that, well, and that outfield has zero talent. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, he can play all three positions. I'm curious if the, just, if, if the Giants sneak their way and get Judge and Jock Peterson's in that lineup in and around Judge, putting up his stats he, as well. And highly touted prospect Heliot Ramos. Come on, everybody. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Well, the next one, this next one, I'd like you both to just tread lightly, knowing my feelings could be hurt by either player. Um, Kyle Lewis, former 2020 rookie of the year, is now a Diamondback, and future all-star Cooper Hummel is now a Mariner. Um, And the interesting fact of this is obviously Kyle Lewis goes to Arizona. He's starting. If he's healthy, uh, ideally he'll be in a corner. So he's not into all the plays um, and some DH time would be good too. But 
Cooper Hummel going to the Mariners is interesting because he was in the fall league and he was catching. And that's fun because that means that he's just going to be a baseball player. And we know how DePoto likes to move the guys around. Uh, anybody remember Austin Nola? Um, we could see Cooper Hummel production peak uh, by midseason. And depending on what's going on and how, um, oh my gosh, who's the the young catcher who did very well for the Mariners down the stretch? Um, oh, Cal Raleigh. Yeah, baby. Uh, he could have that combo going and, and Cooper could also just be doing, oh, yeah. you know, backup practice, whatever. There's there's options here. The thing with Cooper Hummel is that he doesn't have MLB catching time. And last year when he came up, he was getting such inconsistent time with a terrible Diamondback team. And because I went on to the um, Diamondback side of things and dug in a bit, the fans and analysts and things were frustrated that they weren't playing more of the younger guys whom amongst that crew, they were saying they're not getting consistent at bats. No wonder, you know, they're continuing to struggle. So I would hope that um, the Mariners will find a way, but obviously Kyle Lewis, this is the guy in the trade. We need to see Kyle Lewis be a, just a major leaguer. We said on a previous pod, um, you know, give him, give the guy 400 at bats and figure it out. He's going to get that opportunity now. So Ty, I'm sure you're all in. Tell everybody. Uh, I don't know. I like, for me, I'm actually concerned, right? Like I, the reality is, on paper, this is a, a very obvious win for the Diamondbacks in this trade, right? Yeah. But the fact that DePoto was willing to make this trade for the return, like you can't tell me there wasn't a better trade than Kyle Lewis. Like, I'm sorry, or for Kyle Lewis. That Cooper, like, I, yeah. I yeah, feel like, like it's I, five years like does, of Cooper. How does Toronto and two not years get him Lewis. in the, in the, you know, in the deal? Oh, let, oh save that one. Let's we'll save, save that, that one. We'll save, we'll but I like back. that idea, Ronnie. Remember that. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, the reality is, though, like, you, you, there has to be a better fit. I mean, the the problem for the Manor, Mariners is no one wants to trade their middle infielder. Like, Cleveland would have been a really interesting fit here for Kyle Lewis. Like, you got to imagine there was a better trade there. And so, yeah, they're in the AL, and yeah, they were a playoff team last year, but so was Toronto, and they just made a trade to Ronnie's point. Like, I, I don't understand this trade. So, for me, for mm -hmm. that reason – like there's a red flag here. Like Seattle knows something or they just think Kyle Lewis is a great guy and they want him to go play in Arizona for some reason. It, um, it certainly there like this has the to be continued that some of the other trades that we're going to discuss and things honestly don't, you know, it's very much, you, you know what you're getting on both sides. Yeah. Something's going to happen with this one. Like it, hopefully it's not a dud on both ends. Um, but I'm interested. So we talked about uh, the reds last pod. I think it was. And what what do you know, Ty? Uh, Nick Senzel, toe surgery. And obviously the first thing they say is it's not going to affect opening day status. We've been here before. <laughs> uh, Nick Senzel's out till 2025, most likely. Um, no, but hopefully it doesn't. But um, I don't know. Like, Ronnie, are you a Senzel guy at all? Have you followed him? Have you been one of the fantasy guys that had him as that shortstop prospect, top 100 guy, and like you know, continue to roster him through this transition to a player who can't play because he's never you know, healthy. I think I've dodged the bullet there. I've never yeah? okay. owned Sinzel in any league. I've definitely tried to acquire him in like 18, 19 when he's coming up, mm -hmm. but uh, I think I, I might have dodged myself a bullet in that one. Yeah, the price was high when he was a prospect because everything was like lining up for him to yep. be an all-star. And, and Ty, I know you're not a big Sinzel guy, Um but what do you think about, you know, yet another issue? And it's not just an injury, it's surgery. So there's recovery time here. 
Yeah, I mean, I've never really been against Senzel, but he has mm. zero track record of staying healthy. So, you know, for that reason, like, I'm out, right? Like, Sharks Den all day when it comes to Nick <laughs> Senzel. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's just one of those guys that I, I've never really been interested in taking a risk because the outcome is we don't we don't have enough upside to justify the injury risk. That's yeah. always been the equation for me. I, I don't see how I move off of that uh, at any point in the near future. Because even if he is healthy, like that Reds team's just not deep enough. It's that simple. Yep. No, I'm with you there. Now the next one up here is uh, Twins ac- acquiring utility type dude, but really shortstop uh, Kyle Farmer. And that's after another trade that we're going to discuss. Um, but I feel like he's in Minnesota to shore things up. If they end up with a healthy shortstop, that's one of their younger guys. Farmer's just going to move around. Uh, but uh, what do you guys feel about a guy like Farmer? Um, I guess we'll go tie first here and then swing to Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, very similar to um, the Mercado conversation. Like Farmer's slightly better, but really just not enough juice. It's not worth the squeeze. And in today's mm-hmm. fantasy environment, like you got to have a shortstop. Like there's just yeah. too much of a gap between the upper tier shortstops and in the back, you know, let's call it seven, eight, nine, ten 10 guys. Like it just, it's too far to fall and farmer falls in that bottom half. Yeah. He might be a starter. He might get significant at bats, but they're, they're just not good enough. And if you're owning Kyle farmer expecting to win, um, you're going to have a bad time. Well, I owned Kyle farmer last year. In oh, name later, and <laughs> oh, I, I did my best, Rob, and I I dumpster dived. I'm just pulling that up quick here. Um, yeah, but I got oh, him like, dirt, you want the stat dirt, line dirt, dirt cheap last year. I in auction, I think it was like one and a half million, uh, 1.75 out of a 200. And oh, something that's a great deal for farmer. Yep, uh, and he put up. 369 points in that league and looking at what i finished the year with yeah in that 30 team league yeah uh, he finished as a top five hitter on my team so i rode him okay to uh first place in my division actually Uh, so one one thing i'll flag like that's great points but also going from cincinnati to minnesota Mm -hmm. different ballpark different environment uh, I can't imagine that those oh, production numbers are going to stick. This is right. I'm saying don't pay for the past, pay for the future. He's done me good last year. But uh, yeah, I think to Rob's point, it's just going to bounce around and he's going to need, he's going to need some, uh, some luck to pull off a full season like he did last year. Let me throw these numbers at you guys. I've got the last two years for farmer because those are the first two years he was really starting 483 at bats in 2021 and a full season last year, 526 at bats uh, on crappy teams, both times 58 and 60 runs 58. The first number will be 2022 um, 14 and 16 home runs, 78 RBIs last year, career high 63 the year before stolen bases are relevant four and two. Um, not a, not an OBP guy, 255 average, Last year, previous year, 263, 700 OPS, so not great, and 732 the year before, which you're fine with from a utility-type shortstop. Headed into next year, he'll have third base and second base, sorry, third base and shortstop eligibility across the board. I feel like he might be a sleeper again, but he finished the year in, like, well, sorry, in I was about to say standard 5x5, but no, in 8x8, he finished as the 302nd ranked player. So that's a guy that gets drafted. So I feel like that's where he's going to be. He's going to be drafted in your 12-team leagues. 
So if he's a dynasty guy, he's going to have value. But to Ronnie's point, I just don't know what we can honestly expect. And certainly to Ty's point, not impact. We're not okay. going to see a 285 average. All of a sudden, so we're not going to see 25 home runs. Here's the mic drop point. He got traded okay. for a gentleman named Casey Ligamanua or something close to that. Um, and, and here's the stat line. So this this is the end of, of whether he's going to be great because this is two pro teams making an analysis. So Casey had a 480 ERA, a 1.436 whip, and a 4.96 K per nine. Okay. So this is a guy that has split between starting and relieving. I, the upside of that analysis like suggests that he's being acquired to be a backup bat, right? And don't get me wrong, Kyle Farmer's a phenomenal first guy off the bench. There's absolutely nothing right. wrong with that. But as a starting position player on your fantasy team, no, I'm not, I just I can't get there. That's fair. No, you yeah. need to the situation would have to change for like, he would need to have a starting job. Yeah, I just don't see Minnesota not bringing in a shortstop. I just don't. I oh, don't in addition, see, okay. Yeah, I just don't see. I don't see this being the end. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I me. mean they were prepared to pay Correa a whole bunch of money. They they got money yep. to spend. Correa just didn't want to be there. Like if if I'm Chase, if I'm the Twins, I want Trey Turner though. I'll just say that because that ballpark is built for Trey, Trey Turner to run around. That would be so Ooh. depressing if Trey Turner went there. <laughs> it would be depressing if Trey Turner went there and then Roy Lewis was good and then they were like, what are we going to do? And then they moved Lewis or Turner, whatever, to second base. And then the whole world was like, neither of these things are supposed to happen. It'd be like Robinson would... Cano going to Seattle again. Was... Trey, oh, Turner to center. Trey Turner to center. Trey Turner to center. <laughs> oh, no. Buxton, Buxton to left. Why wouldn't you DH him? Get Buxton? Buxton off the field. It doesn't because matter how good he is at defense. He ends up getting hurt. Yeah, but he's going to end up like a glitch in a video game, just slowly jogging off the bench and running into the outfield wall. So he needs to be close <laughs> so he doesn't glitch out. I would be concerned. Let's not break down the Twins. They don't deserve it. Uh, Ty, I hate to bring it up, but Team Post hype, not looking good uh, this podcast. Jamar Candelario, who you led off with, um, he's now free agent. We talked about it on a previous pod. How, as the year goes on, he gets better. I want to know where you think he's going to go after Ronnie tells us his uh, thoughts and feelings on a player like Candelario, a top 10 prospect, pretty much across the board consensus, and then traded, and, you know, here we are. So, Ronnie, what do you think? Then we'll go to Ty. It should take 10, 15 minutes for Ty, I think. <laughs> well, you were really close to being used uh, Candelero in your opening. He hit 217. We're at 219. Here. I know. I saw it. I, I was like, I'm not doing that one, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I've never really been in on him. Uh, I've definitely missed the boat, and I don't think I'm about to jump back in the ship now. Uh, I'm all but, for these um, aquatic. Uh, not what is it? Noddle? Noddle? I mean, looking Noddle? looking at his stat the last reference. year was just so terrible compared to the like his twenty. Well, twenty doesn't really count. Twenty one season uh, and some of the other seasons he's put up. How old is he? Twenty nine. Yeah. Oh, not a young man anymore. I would not be busting my budget to acquire him. He would need to like be a bonus piece I get or someone I sneak in. I just well, don't like Victor Reyes, a, a, a borderline starter. Um, Victor Reyes, who was released as well by the Tigers. He's not on the board, but he was released as well. He's a free agent. He's out there. 
both guys deserving of of like I in my mind MLB contracts. But whether Candelario would be like, yeah, I'll fight for a job, or you know, Reyes, yeah, I'll fight for an outfield job. Um, but Ty, what do you what are you thinking here? A five I year, hundred million dollar deal. This just screams Oakland A's starting first baseman. Like just screams. No, no, and no, I, that's Garcia. That's my boy, Dennis no, Garcia. No, don't you I'm push him you. off? <laughs> like switch switch hitter, not a ton of lift, but good contact, decent exit Big velocities. It just it checks out. Now, I don't think he's going to sign there because if I'm Candelario, I'm going to play in Cincinnati or I'm going to play somewhere where there's an absolute bandbox. Like I could see him being a depth bat in Chicago in the White Sox. I think that could be a really interesting well, spot he knows the for him. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I and I think it's a you know from the strategic part of of free agency. Like you see this a lot. Like a lot of interdivision signings of guys like this like it would fit what the white Sox need candelar is gonna be looking for a one-year deal he's gonna want to try to find a four-year deal after the end of the next season so no one's gonna sign him to anything more than a really club-friendly two-year deal so you know i think i think he's looking for one the white Sox are an interesting fit um they have some at bats that will be available there so I, I think it could be a really really strong possibility and if that's the case I like the upside because I think the power, um, although never elite, could potentially, if if there's a bats to get there, potentially could hit 20 home runs if he finds a groove. Uh, now, that's an absolute shot in the dark because of what we saw last year. But I'm with Ronnie, what he was saying. like The, the previous stat line suggests there's more here than right. last year was an anomaly. Um, and, and they're just saying, okay, we want to make sure we don't have anybody blocking the couple guys we want to get at bats, which is fine because that's where Detroit's at. So I like this move for Detroit. I like it for Candelario. I, I hope he finds a hitter-friendly park, and I think that's the best option. All right, so definitely we'll have to watch to see where he signs, but uh, don't anybody be penciling him in, even in your 30-team leagues. Don't count on him. Uh, but speaking of the White Sox, the Same fun, exciting news. Yeah, uh, Garrett Crochet. Um, recovering from Tommy John, he's already throwing, uh, not a regular routine this off season. He's going to, he's going to, um, begin the season, I think on the 60 day DL, but he should be back in May, depending on exactly how they do all that crap. Um, I'm just saying right now, buy low opportunity for the person who has him, who, you know, like me suffered all last year, wanting to see some impact from him, was excited at the idea that he could become a starter. And then we lost him to Tommy John. Um, I think a buy low opportunity here for crochet is good prospect status is long gone because he came up so early. Um, I'm curious what either of you, I've heard Ty, I've heard, heard Ty's negativity on crochet. I want to hear Ronnie. Do you have any positive things to say? Well, Ty's going to have all the advanced stats. That's not my game. Uh, I just see this guy has never had a career start in his life. In I was just say, are you, so if Ty's advanced stat guy, are you old man yells at cloud guy? Your team chemistry guy? I don't know, but my my methods seem to beat him in every league I've ever played with. So okay, bad. well let's um, save that for a we'll future podcast for, for a future. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not running out to get him. I don't. I, I okay. At this point in my mind, he's a reliever. He's going to come back as a reliever. He needs to prove that he's going to start. And if he's just a reliever, I don't get excited about non-closing relievers or non-closing. Right, yeah, because the White Sox certainly don't need a 
a closer. They've got yes, um, and I expect the White Sox to have like five or six legitimate starters. So he's going to come back, probably come back to the bullpen, and then need an injury to happen, and then take okay. off from there. So the buy low opportunity might be limited to just my own field of vision. In I mean, sure, like, you can buy the leagues. Low. I'll I didn't buy low. draft. I'll them. buy low on anyone, depending on my league format, if I can stash them. But I'm not buying low because right. Well, that's that's the reason excited. why I bring it up. Because typically your your dynasty leagues aren't going to have an IL right now, so you have to play within your roster parameters without the advanced, um, uh, or not the advanced, sorry, without the ability to use your IL. So certain players, like I was referring to Harper earlier, with that big salary. You don't want to hold on to them during the offseason. You want to go get other guys. And then crochet would just be basically a roster spot. And like you said, an RP all year, that's not going to be sexy. I'm just thinking what they were able to do with Kopech. I want to see the same thing with uh, crochet. Um, Ty, would you say that Alex Reyes is a guy that you like? Like we, we skipping over crochet. I don't want you. I don't want to hear it from you. You're just I, I you're heard negative. I, I'm muting this for me. That's <laughs> So, I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, he's coming off the TMJ. We are going to have at least half a season of him throwing absolute bricks all over the stadium. So, you know, I'm just not ready to, A, buy him. I'm going to wait until he sucks. And everybody's like, this guy is so terrible. Then I'm going to buy him. Because I actually think from a reliever perspective uh, that he's actually a nice addition to pretty much any roster. He's going to give you strikeouts. If you're running relievers out in pretty much any format, then he can't hurt you from that perspective. But it's going to take a little while. He's never going to be a starter. I've been telling him this to Rob for years, uh, but he keeps believing that left-handed guy that with weird arm angle that throws gas isn't destined to be a reliever. He didn't listen to me when I was like, Chris Sale's going to be injured anytime now, oh, like seven goodness. years ago. Circa um, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, I feel like we're we're in a very similar um, scenario here. I, I just think he's he's a good relief arm. I don't know why you would want to if like worst case make him a two inning guy. Like I just don't see right. why you would yeah. want to make him uh, a starter. I just don't see it. And I'm not going out to get any relievers. I will I will find relievers in season. I'm not gonna run out and yeah. I, I mean, I, league I, dependent though, right? Like if you're yeah. in a league that only counts saves. Uh, crochet is obviously not a target if that's what you're looking for, but we we're we play in and generally talk about deeper leagues where you'll have four RP spots or five yeah. and some, and those guys carry value. Um, but yeah, right. like to not, always not have our, yeah, you can find some guys, but you gotta be, you gotta be the first guy on it, right? Like, you know, it's, it's hard to say I'm going to find them if you don't at least have a base in place for, from, you know, whatever April on. Yeah, you got you got to have a good record to to care about some of the leagues too. Especially well, and, and Alex Reyes is the right hand version here, right? Like a guy that has starter upside but is a reliever and leave him as a reliever. I, I actually think Alex Reyes is going to be a really good sign this year. I think somebody could end up with a really cheap version of a decent reliever, and if they can somehow talk him into a couple years based on his injury risk, I actually think there could be a huge victory for whatever GM, uh, you know can accomplish that like pittsburgh as a as a two-year deal yeah. love it like I, I would love alex reyes in pittsburgh i think that would be a phenomenal fit 
Um, they they could use more and more bodies, like people that actually want to play in Pittsburgh. Uh, so that that bodes well for for Reyes. But I think there's enough here. We've seen it. It's not nothing, and I don't think it's gone yet. So I just think St. Louis is just done with the merry-go-round, and I think it's that simple. He would have cost more this year as well, which I think was the Correct. other you know big reason. So um, yeah, I don't know if Ronnie, if you have anything on that, or if you want to move on to our Coloradan. Uh, we can move on. I've been burned by Alex Reyes enough. All right. Well, speaking of burned, Denelson Lamette owners caution. He is returning to Colorado. Uh, I believe it was a minor league deal, and that's all he deserves. He's lucky he's not going to the KBO. Um, that'll be next year. But uh, Denelson Lamette, do either of you care? Ty? Nope. Two pitches. I need three. Bye. Well, Which you've been saying for a couple years. So I'm pretty credit. sure it was a minor league deal because it was $5 million, Or sorry, major league. Oh, it was a major league deal. Oh, jeez. Well, okay. That would be a really expensive minor league deal. But yeah. uh, I don't want to own any Colorado <laughs> pitcher ever. So I'm. So out. he's their opening day starter then. That's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's German Marquez, I guess, then him. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's dangerous for Colorado. How do you, you have a six ERA in San Diego and you're going to go to – that's not going to go well. You make five mil the next year, yeah. uh, but a guy who's going to make just under twenty million, Martin Perez, is going back to the Texas Rangers. Um, Ronnie, what do you think about him? He was once gored by a bull, by the way. Oh, I did not know that. Who let Bob Uecker in? Yeah, this podcast has facts. <laughs> uh let's see. You know, he's almost through two hundred innings last year. Yeah. And how many throw the year? 114 before. How old is he? 31. I would, uh, the way I play my, a lot of my deeper leagues, I am more of a bulk quantity than paying up for the top notch guy, though I do like to have one. This guy would, 169k. Yeah, definitely fit my mold. If I can get him for like a, without breaking the bank and just stockpile my, Mm -hmm. you know, slightly above average arms and just go to town with the uh, bulk SP. That is my claim to fame. Well, I think his biggest asset that might be underrated and is absolutely league dependent, 23 quality starts. I, d- I don't, so, I think that last year was the career year though. So you're probably, absolutely, I, you're yeah. probably going to be creeping up into the four ERA again. Hopefully the K's well, can still stay, but I just don't think he's going to be a cheap acquisition, whether you're um, dealing with somebody who's rostering him or you're trying to pick him up in like a draft. He's absolutely going to be, you yeah, know, a top everyone's 10. Everyone's going to look at those last year's numbers. and he's Yeah. If he, for some, like if you're in a contracts league that does a draft after, you know, contracts expire, Perez will be a top 10 pick this the year guy for you. Never, so, uh, in one, tw- since 2013, he's never had an ERA. Under four, and then he jumps to two point eight nine. He hasn't had an ERA under four point three nine until last year, uh, and his whips always so, been disgusting too. So one one thing, Ronnie, though, is that if you look at previous years, the last part of the season Perez historically has gotten absolutely lit, uh, and those numbers are a little skewed if you look at it from that perspective. However, he is not the guy you want to run out there in championship season. Uh, that's part of that point, but. You know, I, I agree with most of what you're saying in terms of Lee or um, career year. I, I'm out on Prez. Um, I've liked Prez. I've had him several times over the past couple of years. He's a useful arm. You just have to know when to sit him. That's the big thing with Prez. But I, I do think he will have one additional benefit this year as the Rangers continue to come up. 
wins. We'll see more wins out of Martin Perez this year. Uh, if he's a fraction of what he was last season, uh, we could see 13, 15 wins out of Martin Perez this year. Yeah, uh, that would be fun. Another guy who was a surprise last year, not to the same level, but um, I was looking for him in the offseason, and then he got traded from the Yankees to the Twins, was able to get 500 at-bats, carved out a perfectly good season with a high enough average, 285, um, is Gio Urshela, who also had 13 bombs with that, and 61 runs, 64 RBIs, um, 767 OPS as well. I'm going to mention that fact. And now he's with the Angels, and I think he's just going to be their starting shortstop. They tried that crap last year with a defensive first guy, and they need to win ball games. The nice thing with Urshela is he is probably your MLB leader for um, great guy to swap over from short to third when Anthony Redone, um, you know, gets a a little nick on his finger, and it turns out it's tendonitis, and he's got to get amputation. Um, so. I really like this addition for the Angels. It gives them a few Taylor Ward type guys with Urshela to just be productive guys, not necessarily, you know, peak guys, but they already have the Trouts of the world. And as Ty is going to tell us, they have Mickey Moniak. We know things are on the up and up here. So, but what do you guys think about Urshela? He's often forgotten. Um, he's the guy that was in Toronto, right? Toronto let him go when he went to the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got, he's got a fun story of nobody wanted him. And now he's a productive MLB. But what do you guys think for fantasy purposes? I was like you last year. I was trying to get him buying low after the Yankees sent him away. Uh, I think his situation is the same, if not better in LA for like get, it's gonna get the yeah more time. support with the angels at least yep. at least he has two for opening day right three for opening day yeah <laughs> <laughs> two two faders for sure but you know see how rendon does rendon does uh should have better run lineup or support there uh i would this would be a buy low candidate for me this is one i'd actually agree with you with and would like to you know get some uh get some urshel in my deeper leagues yeah I just I just don't see where the at bats are. Like I think he's gonna be a useful piece. I think he falls into Kyle Farmer territory. I, I, I think you got David Fletcher. We're gonna see Rendon for at least eight games this season. Uh you know, you're gonna have you're gonna <laughs> that have first home stand. Right? We're gonna <laughs> have some short, then he's out. We're, yeah, we're gonna have some shortstop at bats for sure, I think, out there for Ashella at the very least in the backup spot. But like Luis Rangifo has, has become a very reasonable um bad bad guy like he's not gonna murder it but you need a guy that can hit eight nine on that roster because that's the spots that are open right so david fletcher is going to be back rendon's going to be back right and the rest of that roster is relatively solidified so i just don't know where the at-bats are for him outside of shortstop like that's it that's where he's gonna be up your alley ty this is gonna be a spring training to watch oh he's got the better numbers between yeah, do David Fletcher. Like David Fletcher's never been hot shit. He's just been like, eh. But uh, he's been I, an average only guy. Yeah, that's yeah, his thing. There's yeah. no power there. There's just. Uh, average I mean, only. we can wait for. Can't wait yeah. for the spring training statistics when you guys. Oh, oh baby! And you, I hope you. What do you remember when you're talking to the Shella. listeners? Now, yes. <laughs> well, like you what? need to change that thing, Ty. You need to change that no. so that people hear something about spring training stats matter. Something you gotta just just 
It, it no, it's a spring training vibe. It's a mindset. Okay, it's a path to success. You I manifest really warm your spring training. Yeah, like all I'm thinking about is board shorts and half a t-shirt right like that's all i've got <laughs> do you do you cut holes in the back like slits like the macho man oh I yeah create, let's I see i will create any yeah, yeah. T-shirt I want. <laughs> um another guy's spring training stats might be a big one here uh team post type former miami uh marlin now uh pittsburgh pirate lewin diaz uh he's there it's now all of a sudden we we've got another guy added Carlos Santana. I'm going to very quickly add him to the list. He signed uh, one year, six point seven five with the Pirates as well. Highest deal for the Pirates, just so we all know, since 2017 when Daniel Hudson signed a two year, eleven million dollar deal. So, uh, and then what do we? What's the? Uh, was it? Jayman Choi was there. He's there now. Three yeah. guys for two at most two positions. So, um, Ty, what what are your thoughts then? Dur- in terms of Santana, I like it because I, I think they brought him in as an asset. Like, And I love these deals. Like, These are guys I love to chase because like, I know he's going to a contender. Like, He's going to find himself. He's a switch hitter with a little bit of pop. He's clutch. He sees pitches. Like, He is going to find himself onto a good roster in championship season. Like, That's the big thing here. So like, what I really want him to do is I want him to fail epically for the first 30, 60, maybe even 90 days of the season. And then I want to go buy him for nothing when he ends up as a, a an afterthought on the Phillies championship roster, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the kind of guy that I, I like to acquire. So that's what I see him as. And, and that's, it's a one-year deal in Pittsburgh. Like it's, there's no other way to phrase it. It's a considerable amount of money for the production, like a sub 700 OPS, a 202 yeah. average, uh, the K rate was above 25% last year, right at 25, maybe. Um, just, I mean, obviously OBP leagues, he's going to have value for you there. He had 71 walks last year, which is awesome. And 19 dingers. But like you said, Ty, maybe a crappy start is the the right medicine for him. But, and then same with, with Lou and Diaz. Like, what do you think about the, the trifecta of those guys? I guess, Ronnie, if you want to talk about the J-Man Choi Diaz, um, Carlos Santana thing. And then Ty, you can top that off. Let's bust up my guitar. Um, <laughs> let's see, what's his name? Lewin, Lewin Diaz. I've owned Lewin Diaz. I think I still own Lewin Diaz. Uh, actually I owned Lewin Diaz or rostered him. Let me correct myself there. Uh, until recently. And I just had to release him just cause he doesn't really do anything in the majors leagues. Well, he's right. in Pittsburgh now. So he, he has a shot to get playing time. Cause who is playing for Pittsburgh? Well, it, you, you end up in Pittsburgh and then you go to the KBO. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the final step for a prospect who keeps failing. Who was the former Jay that went there? Uh, the outfielder Thomas Thomas Eric Thames. They no 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 not, not no. Thames. He went there. Travis well. Snyder. No, but him Box, too. Oh. Uh, uh, no, it was oh, uh, Alfred. The, uh, thank you, Anthony Alfred. Oh yeah, I have Alfred's the case yeah, I, I was can, thinking. I can of do it. this all day. Just give me, yeah. give me some time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, but that's that's the disappointing thing, right? Is that when you see a guy go to Pittsburgh, you're like, hey, there are at bats, but then you have to remember the guys who go there and fail, yeah. and that's failed to impress the Pittsburgh brass to keep getting at bats. And I I'm now fearful of Lewin Diaz's MLB career. His prospect status has been gone for a while now. Um, but but dynasty people, you still wanted, you know, Ty talked about it last year. There's a sh- there's a guy that who, you know, there's a shot here for him. But I'm concerned now with this like trifecta this early in the offseason that Diaz could accidentally be buried and be a triple A to start the season guy. 
I'm just looking at their <coughs> their depth chart. I don't see where he's playing. O'Neill's got shortstop. Hayes got third base. Santana's got first base. Well, hey. Choi, Choi's your uh, your DH with Santana. Your first base is also Choi and Santana. And then what what are you gonna do with with Diaz? Right, where's he gonna go? Yeah, I think I Diaz do. needs a little more seasoning. I think they're gonna give him half a season in the in the minors, and then you have two guys, you know, in Choi and Santana that are trade assets. So I think Diaz is there forget, to be a guy that's there after. Mason Martin is also at AAA, and he yeah. did not have a great year last year, so he also needs proving ground for himself before he'll get a promotion, but he could certainly be a second half guy. That's not this episode, but just talking about the idea of where guys will gain at bats or lose them. Um, Diaz could be losing them if he's triple a and they, they put Martin there. So um, anyway, uh, less notable note, but Brett Rooker is now with the A's uh, former twin prospect got at bats last year. I just think it's kind of an interesting move for uh, the athletics. Just adding a dude, right? Adding a dude. Um, and then Ty, I I figured you'd like this one. Uh, slapdick prospect Xavier Edwards shipped from Tampa Bay to Miami for RP. And again, the Dinger's official podcast rule is we don't care who leaves Tampa Bay. We want to know who they're getting back. And they're getting back a relief pitcher, JT Chargos, C-H-A-R-G-O-I-S. Yeah, so, did, they, did they not own him before? I feel like he was... Edwards? Uh, no, no, Chargos. Chargos. Yeah, I feel like he was he was a former Ray already. I feel like he might have went in the Nick Anderson trade, maybe. Um, okay, so they're just maybe getting there. a guy back. Yeah, like a guy that they liked before. But Edwards is an interesting guy, like a little bit of a contact tool. He was in the top 100 pre-20. Well, uh, he doesn't is- suck, right? He does not suck. Even in the minors, he's fine, but he's third team now. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some concern. There's no arguments there. Uh, you know, we, there's not enough stolen bases um, in the upper minors for me to to say that that's there. Mm-hmm. This could legitimately just be a depth piece, right? And you know, you've got a switch hitter with mm-hmm. with a little bit of speed. Those guys play like there's there's room for those kind of guys, and you know, maybe they want to put them in center field. Like maybe they want to reposition them because you know, as much as they've they've got Dela Cruz or whatever that guy's name is in center. That's been mucking around. Like this gives yeah, them some good. options. You've got some infield upside. You could move them to center. Like, I think this is just a chess piece uh, that they want to see if they can, can free up either, you know, like a Brian Anderson to trade, or do they want to potentially look at exiting? Um, what's his face? Uh, Chisholm who's caused them all kinds of. Oh, you know, don't pollute. you dare. I'm just saying he rubbed some people the wrong way there. I'm just throwing it out there that he could be a trade asset. They're not Mm -hmm. ready to win. And maybe he's not the guy like you could turn him into another guy. There's lots of people that want a left-handed middle infielder. So, you know, like that's definitely something that could happen. I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, Just, you know, it's, it's a potent potable, if you will. I just, I think you're just taking an unfair shot at jazz. Uh, I anyway. got nothing wrong with Chas, the baseball player. He's on my MLB The Show team, so you know that means how oh. it tells you how I feel about him. And have you been playing that very much? No, not really. No. I have started to play um, the Wayne Gretzky version of NHL from the Wii with my son, uh, who's six years old. He loves it. Every time we, we start, he's like, can I be the goalie? And then I have to remind him, you can't be the goalie. Um, but then he just like, likes to try to be the goalie. It, it, we're learning. We're learning. Anyway, um, a couple of quick ones here. Uh, 
Everybody remember Puig? Yeah, okay. So he uh, pleaded guilty to lying to authorities during a gambling investigation. It doesn't matter, but he'll never be in the MLB again. So if for some reason you're holding on to him, like I was, um, Roberto Ramos, the time to cut is now. Um, Big time AAA power bat the last couple years. Uh, Matt Davidson, who was in Arizona and then ended up in Oakland, I think. Uh, He's off to the KBO. So for your super deep leagues where you're like, this is a guy who gets things done. Maybe he's worth an asset or worth a you know younger asset in season. Nope, he's out for this year. And this is a very interesting one. I'm interested in your thoughts, guys, because I'm sure all of us have at one time or another rostered Mr. Shelby Miller. Mm-hmm. Yep, that Shelby Miller, uh, the former Cardinal, then um, brave, then Diamondback, then injured. And anyway, he, he apparently is likely to get an MLB contract because of two solid years with high K uh, counts at triple a. So a dynasty RP flyer for your deeper leagues. Um, but you know, Ronnie, what do you think of a guy like Shelby Miller and, and do you have any history with them? And then same question to Ty. Yeah. I was just wondering if we had a time machine because uh, exactly. I haven't How seen Shelby Miller since 2015. So it's been a, what, seven years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I would not go back to Shelby Miller train. I'll take my chances on the waiver wire in season. He did have, I think, four appearances last year with the Giants in September. He did again with just, a six four whatever. three ERA. That didn't work out so well. That could happen to any of us. Four no four <laughs> appearances. He didn't start. I can confirm it happens in my men's league. <laughs> <laughs> They're all relief relief appearances. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, his I, starting I mean, days are over. It's it's as a relief pitcher. That he would it's come a relief back. Relief pitcher. I'm going to the beer fridge. I'll be back. Ron, Ronnie, as a car guy, should be all over Shelby because he knows the no. Shelby brand gets better with time. So, you know, I think that is very well place. done, Ty. I right? like it. <laughs> so, I, I I actually think there's some upside here because it's never been yeah. a lack of stuff for Shelby Miller. It's just been an inability to miss barrels and or hit the plate in the first place. So, you know, I think that's the stuff that, you know, a good minor league second career um, can solve. And anytime right now uh, a pitcher has time with the Giants, I'm listening because they've turned several guys around now uh, that, you know, had stuff then disappeared and now are again there, like Rodon, Descalfini. um, For a year. A year and change, Jake McGee was a similar a similar story. Yeah. Right. So like Adam did like he did not finish well, but you know, Mm -hmm. time, what's the money ball line? Time takes us all or gets us all, whatever. Yeah. There was a line. There was a line from that movie. Oh, Um, uh, let's get them time tells us when we're done playing the children's game or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something, something. Baseball, baseball, Moneyball. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, there's enough bad teams that need relievers. <laughs> like Shelby Miller yeah. probably gets a shot, right? I mean, that's the reality. Um, whether he signs a major league deal or not, I'm not ready to say that. I think it's a minor league with a camp invite wherever he ends up, and maybe there's some bonus built into that or whatever. But I think at this stage, he's trying to fight to live, and he has enough clout from his past that. He's gonna look for one of those opt-out deals. If I'm not on the roster by this time, okay. I want to go yeah, find the, another spot, right? Well, I only put it on because I I had heard, uh, not heard, I'd read multiple uh, different reports of this, and I thought you typically don't do rumors, but this is one for dynasty owners that maybe we can get ahead a bit on it. Um, a couple things, just housekeeping stuff. Edwin Diaz is officially a Met next five years. 
Uh, so break out the trumpets, five years, 102 million. Yeah, that'll work out well. Um, <laughs> then we, Robert Suarez, five years with San Diego, 46 million. That's interesting. But the most interesting one is three years for the Houston Cheaters uh, re-signing Rafael Montero. Um, you know, bullpen, bullpen help, you know, of assigning value in different ways and they're paying him the great, um, but Montero's not a closer and this is just a, a dude. Probably more interesting for us for fantasy purposes is the Hunter Renfro from the Brew Crew to the Angels deal. Um, Ty, this affects your boy, Mickey Moniak, your other boy, um, Adele. This this actually just plays directly into my Mickey Moniak for a catcher trade. I, I love this. Sorry, wait, think, wait, hold on. Yeah. What what is this? So what my this my theory? running my running theory at the moment is the Toronto Blue Jays have excess catchers. The Angels have no catchers. Oh no! Left-handed bat, center fielder, Mickey Moniak, straight up for either Kirk and or Danny Jansen. Like I, I don't believe this is a Mourinho trade, which I think a lot of people are assuming the Jays are going to make. No, but I actually I really, I think it, this. Well, but I mean, what's what's Ron Renfro got? One more year, right? This is a weird deal. Like he's coming in to hit bombs and play outfield defense, right? That's it. Um, they needed an answer in right field, so they don't have to run Otani out there. Like that's all this is. So for me, I think it potentially means one of Adele or Moniac's on the move. And I think if it's Moniac, I think Toronto's in play for that because we need somebody that can cover off Springer and center, right? And we've got a catcher which LA desperately needs. So there's an alignment there if that's what LA is trying to do. So we know Ronnie, we your know, thoughts on that? Yep. Uh I'm hoping the Jays <laughs> want to trade Alejandro Kirk, and I hope that uh, Manoa isn't listening to me. But uh, I'm not believing in Man- uh, Kirk's legs in the long term, so I really knees really like to you know, cash in that chip early. Um, mm-hmm. and well, why? Did, this is the one thing I find. It, this is the one thing I find interesting, right? Like if you look at Alejandro Kirk, and everyone keeps saying knees, knees, catcher, catcher. Like look at the guys with long careers at the catcher position, like. How many of them are skinny bean poles? It's almost none of them, right? So this this is a thing I keep hearing about Kirk. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and and not to mention the guy's five nine or whatever he is. Like he's not a big human. So the impact on your knees and ankles should be significantly less versus like a Brian McCann who was a monster back there, right? Like I I just don't get that debate. But you know, we need we need a left-handed bat and we need it in the outfield, and the ones in free agency are expensive. So give me a catcher, give me Dane Jansen. Dane Jansen's a, a perfect fit for this trade. Two yeah, years yeah. left. I would do it for Jansen. Kirk, I want to get more. And I would prefer yeah. to trade Kirk to get more and then roll with Jansen and but, but what left-handed bat could potentially be available, right? Anyway, we're yeah. talking Hunter Renfro. Let's get back on topic and we'll save this one for later. But Hunter Renfro for me. It impacts who we talked about earlier, which is uh, the shortstop position. Like the the extra bats at the DH spot now are crowded by what's going on in that outfield. You've got three outfield of bats and a left-handed bat right in that outfield, and now you have to find a spot for uh, Urshela, right, to, to potentially when he's not playing shortstop have DH at bats. And so I find it very very interesting. Um, and ultimately, there's there has to be another shoe to drop for the Angels. Okay, 
I like that. Uh, I appreciate that you waited until towards the end of the comments to dive in. I did make the Blue Jay one the last one to talk about, um, mm-hmm. but we're still one away. Jansen Junk, who's an RP, I think, was also back in that deal. Elvis uh, Pigaroa and Adam Seminaris are the three going back for Hunter Renfro. So we'll have to follow along with their story uh, to see if Milwaukee can make anything of that. Uh, one of the, the deals that kind of came from the Kyle Farmer to the Twins, which is a reaction to the Urshela to the Angels, is that the Pirates said, MLB players, we don't need those. And Kevin Newman left to go to uh, the Reds, which I'm a little um, concerned about because uh, Jose Brio is still there, guys. And I know he batted uh, a buck six, I think it was last year, buck 61, whatever it was, doesn't matter. Um, it just seems like Newman is going to come into the Reds and get at bats next year. Shortstop, probably, most likely. Um, but he's added, I, for fantasy purposes, do, do we care, really? The park's great. Is the player worth it? Ty? I, I mean, for me, uh, Kyle Farmer, like, repeat. Like, we're, we're in the same territory. I don't, I don't care. Uh, I'm not in on this guy. It's just a mediocre defensive guy, medi- less than mediocre offensive guy. I think he's there to fill a gap till your aforementioned burrito is ready. I, I think it's that simple. You know, we're in dynasty league. We talk a lot, a lot about 30 team leagues. You, everyone can't have a stud shortstop. Sometimes you need a, sometimes you're going to just need a uh, Kevin Newman. Right. Who to, did have a 274 average last year, um, but there's no power and stolen bases were single digits. But again, he had like half a season, 288 at bats. Um, Newman has, has not been a big average guy before, uh, not, never been a power guy, never been a stolen base guy, but to your point, Ronnie, perhaps with the ability to play every day. I mean, again, he's going from a crappy if you are in a 30 team. team league and you have players that are everyday players. They automatically yeah. have value no matter how terrible they are. Well, um, as a guy who's had, <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't going to say Gallo. I was going to say, as a guy who who drafted uh, Hassam Kim 1-3 a couple years ago, oh, um, yeah. he is basically an everyday player. But anyway, uh, the last point of trade or player acquisition before we get into the open end of this is the blockbuster trade between the Mariners and the Blue Jays. And by blockbuster, I mean they might need to go to blockbuster because they got robbed. Teoscar Hernandez is now a Mariner with Julio and company. And Adam Mako, who I think has SP3 potential, and that's peak potential here, best case scenario, and apparently useful relief pitcher Eric Swanson came back. So um, I don't know, Ty, should I bottle you up or should I let you go? Would you want to go first on this one? No, let's Ronnie go first. I want to see you. Okay. All right. Uh, I saw this trade come across the other week, and I was like, what the heck is going on here? I saw, like, you know, Tio was announced first, but then they didn't say who was coming. Right. And then I see Swanson and Mako. I'm like, I've owned Swanson in 30 team leagues. I've cut Swanson. He's just like, yes, whatever. And then more last than year, once I have yeah. let go of Eric Swanson. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and then uh, I saw they got Mako, and I'm like, okay, so you got like a top 250 prospect. That's great. Really, that's all we could do. I understand Tio's in a contract year, and they're not going to be able to resign everyone with Vlad and Bo so like he was gonna go but I don't understand why that that team just didn't 
hang on to him until a couple of months into the season and trade him in season. I feel like what they got for him today, they could get for him at the worst case scenario. Let a few months play out and see if you can cash in the chips a bit more. All right, Ty, your thoughts? I actually disagree um, on this one. I actually think Toronto won this trade, and I might be in the minority on that one. Um, Tao is great. I love Tao as a hitter. Tao is freaking useless as a defender. That I um, agree with, yes. So, like, when you look at the grand scheme of the game of baseball, um, you know, I, I think this made the Toronto Blue Jays a better baseball team. Now, from a fantasy perspective, is this a good move for somebody that owns Tao to make this trade? No, it's not. But we're not talking fantasy baseball when we're analyzing that trade. So, for me, I like it. I actually think the, the upside on Mako is is just significant like we're talking a career minor league k per nine of 14 right like those are elite numbers mm-hmm. uh and this is a guy that has a whip and guess what and, and robbie's heard me say this like tall lanky lefty okay i mean he's not that tall but he's a lanky lefty um and and these guys take time they just take time big upside curveball big upside fastball screams like upside starter and, and I think three is low. Uh, I think there's upside of one, but I think realistic two, uh, I think is where I have, have Mako. I, I love this trade because I think Mako is primed to be a big climber. Like I think at the end of this season, we're going to be saying very different things about Mako. And, and Swanson's a guy that we absolutely needed. Like there, there just is no way around that. The Jays desperately needed bullpen back end stability. And we got Yimmy Garcia, who gives us that. We got Eric Swanson that gets that. And every, Ronnie's favorite closer in the world, uh, Jordan Romano, is there to shut the door. Mm-hmm. Like, you now have a three-headed monster in the back end of that bullpen. Are uh, you considering like Mitch White in the rotation, Ty? Sorry, I didn't. Just today, like, right, right now, yeah. yeah. What other option is there? Like, yeah. I just today. think Swanson and, and Mitch White are kind of a similar type of pitcher, um, with Mitch no. White being like the – the you know the discounts uh, Ross Stripling as he's no, being tagged. Swanson's got heavy stuff and he throws a splitter, okay. which immediately he's means a single he engine, single inning yeah. pitchers. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's he's never going to be a starter. Like he's he's the eighth inning guy. Like right so I couldn't tell this is sarcasm. Mitch White is hot garbage. What I would I'm not. Yeah, that's why said, anywhere near my starting rotation. No, I'm but but Mitch Mitch White is. Um, we live in the uh, Sportsnet bubble, which is the, of course, the team that owns it. I'm, you guys know that, but for the listeners, um, so Mitch White is being talked about as if he is going to become a very useful pitcher oh, for the Jays. Uh, and what's his name? Oh my God, gapping on it's, it. It's just the Sportsnet boys, you know. It's so uh, like w- without without looking, Smith. yeah, w- without looking, boys. What what was Mitch White's ERA last year? I already looked a second ago. I had I had to confirm oh, that this was okay. Robbie, as crazy what do you, what do you as I got, thought Robbie? it was. <laughs> three six, but I was initially thinking over four. Yeah, it's three seven. Like it, like Mitch White, hot garbage. Like I'm not there. Like sure, when when the wheels fall off, like Mitch White sucks, right? But that's that's okay out of your SP. What was his any count last year? Was he seventy? Uh, fifty six. So 57. again, like room for upside, but like location stuff, solid. Mitch right? White's like you, combined ERA was five four five between LA and Toronto. We're not we're not talking about combined ERA, Ronnie. Yeah, Thank well, you, Ronnie. LA, his doctor's was three six six, so I'm not sure how 
uh, how his Toronto one could be better than 366 if it's combined. Well, I don't know. I'm looking at Baseball Savant. It says 2022, 3.7. That's it. I'm, I'm done there. But anyway, point is, there's more in the tank for Mitch Way. Like everyone said, Ross Stripling couldn't be good, and he was just fine. So there, there is ways around this. I, I like Mitch Wade as a buy low because what's the worst thing that happens, right? You cost you nothing. You gain huge upside. I'm, I'm in for a buy on Mitch White. Just to clarify, Mitch White, ERA, 545 last year, 78 Ks in 99 innings with a 1-7 and seven record. One quality start, though. Um, like, not that that's what you hang your hat on, but no save holds as well. So, His really. His ERA is 774. Okay. His Dodgers okay. ERA this, is 7, And this makes more sense than the 3-7. That's why I flagged it. Because yeah. I'm looking at it right here, and it says 3-7. Like, I'm not making that up. Yeah, uh, so Dodgers. I don't know why that. Dodgers. Well, that's, that's the only exactly... one that matters. Because that's the upside. <laughs> like, like, that's but that's the, the upside. That's before the trade. That's what we're talking about, though, is upside. Right? Yeah, so like, Eric not... Swanson for upside, Ty. Just, uh, sure. just so we're getting some positive stuff. 17 save holds, 70 Ks, and 53 and two-thirds. To your yep. point. He was dynamite, 168 ERA, ranked 110th in eight by eight categories. Um, he's great. And as well, to Ty's point, Teoscar Hernandez, every single stat line from 2021 to 2022 was going the wrong direction. And uh, everyone, the only difference was that he had 50 less at bats, which would only affect the counting stats, but everything was on the, on the negative side. Um, but, but again, we're talking a guy who had 550 at bats to a guy who had 500 at bats. Um, I just, I just felt I kind of like you, Ronnie. I was like, that's the return. And when I looked at Mako and I quickly did the scouting report and went on YouTube and looked at, looked at him pitch. I'm like, okay, I get it. Mako's the guy in this trade, but Eric Swanson is the guy that the Jays were like, no, that's the guy. Mako's the flyer because the Jays are like all up in their heads with these odd moves that just seem like they keep wanting to acquire the diamond in the rough instead of just getting the like tried and true proven. But Swanson guy. Swanson's control till 26, right? Like if you, if you look at what the Jays have done in the bullpen, everybody's been like bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. Well, guess what? This is the last piece of the bullpen. You have seven, eight, nine guys now that could fill the roles in that bullpen all with a couple of years here, like except for Anthony mm-hmm. Bass, like that bullpen's stable and cool. It could, it could even get better. Like that's the great part. Like there's nothing about that bullpen, maybe with the exception of a second left-handed arm, that is weak. So yeah, you now yeah, are in a position of strength. Well, Taylor wow. Sasato is still my guy. Like Taylor Sasato is going to be the guy this year. But anyway, we're getting off topic. The point is, is Eric Swanson is a solid addition to the back end of the pen. Fact. Mako has huge upside. Fact. I, I believe for a one year of Taylor, of Teoscar, when you're dealing from right-handed power depth like Toronto did, I think this is a win for Toronto. To me, and it comes everybody... down to the the concurrent move that goes with this, depending on who they sign okay. or who they trade for. So then you look at it as Tao out and X player in the outfield are in, plus Mako, plus Swanson. Sure, if they stand pat and they don't do anything, I'm not going to be happy about it. But depending yeah, you on go, how they fill that outfield. Go get Mickey Moniak, spend like the $4 million mm-hmm. it costs to get him, right? You remove Danny Jansen's $8 million arbitration. Boom, we're laughing. Okay, and then the final side for the Mariners, uh, you, you're the Blue Jay fans. I'm the Mariner fan on this side here. Um, adding Teoscar, you can expect a dip in you know initial production, but 
but he is replacing the Mitch Haniger, the Kyle Lewis, the Jared Kelnick failures that were making Seattle's initial part of 2022 unsuccessful. And he is going to immediately upgrade that team wire to wire as a veteran professional baseball player who can hit for power, who can drive guys in. And they're going to be banking on with the moves they made trading out Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelnick becoming a legitimate MLB outfielder to go along with Teoscar, to go along with Julio Rodriguez and um, all the good things there. So it's a good trade because Seattle, although they lose an impactful RP, uh, they have so many. So it's legitimately like addition by subtraction because they are getting that great outfielder that they want. The, the Mitch Haniger 2021 season is what they're hoping for from Teoscar in 2023. And they still have Jesse Winker to figure out what to do with. They still have Eugenio um, uh, or Suarez at third base. They've got a lot of pieces to move around. So it's a good trade for both teams when you break it down. But when you initially look at it, it's it's definitely a head scratcher. Um, but that's why I thought it was a good thing to do last. And my final point is just I want to toss this up to you guys. So, Ty, you kind of alluded to it earlier. What do you guys think? Just we're going to Blue Jay out here. So if you're not Blue Jay fans, um, smell you later, poopsicles. We'll catch you on the next podcast. But uh, for anyone who's interested, fantasy perspective or, or otherwise, uh, Blue Jays, what are you guys hoping to see from them this off season? Because we're not doing a free agent episode. Um, but just what do you want to see the Jays get? And, I mean, you know, tie in some fantasy thing because that's our podcast let's give it to ronnie first ty can bring us home uh after we get a new gm i'm oh, just kidding because that's not gonna happen now but uh, dare to dream dare to uh, dream dare to dream uh i would like to see one of those catchers traded for a starting pitcher because i feel like after top two we fall off hard i don't have any faith in jose barrios anymore kikuchi's trash rio i think he's out again or his con I'm not sure what the dat status is there, but I got nothing happening. For so Barrios? Have... Was that who you're talking about? No, no. Hanjen Ryu. Oh, Ryu. He, he'll be back at some point this year in theory, but he's so not going to be able to start the season. They, they need someone to fill actual number three because you can't count on Jose Barrios at this point. Uh, then they can go internal with the fifth spot. But I'd like to see them get a pitcher, a starting pitcher specifically. Um and then obviously another. I could need a right fielder because right now I don't know who's playing right field. Uh, for, for our friends at Roster Resource, who we uh, proceed to crap on all the time, Whit Merrifield is the potential right fielder with Lourdes in left and George Springer in um, center field. This is the fun addition to the uh, bench, though, guys. I wanted to read this off. Here's your bench for the Blue Jays: Kevin Biggio, Spencer Horowitz, what? Otto Lopez? Pardon me. And Nathan Luke's, oh my goodness! I just traded and for that, Spencer Horowitz today in a thirty-man league. Oh, did you? Well, that that rotation that you were talking about is absolutely troublesome with Manoa, Gosman, Barrios, Kikuchi, and White. Now, obviously, it starts beautiful and then falls off a cliff when you get to SP four. Yeah. So, we are there's, there's gaps White. there. <laughs> I don't want to see Mitch White in my starting five. I want to see Mitch White in Buffalo all year. That's where I want to see him. Um, but yeah, we're gonna need at least a starter. Maybe two, and then a right, another outfielder. All right, Ty. I mean, I've, I know Ronnie, you hate the GM in Toronto. I think he's done an unbelievable job building depth. I trade him for Alex Anthopoulos. You know, do a trade. I I don't necessarily disagree with that. I was an Anthopoulos guy myself, so that part I will defend. But 
beyond that, like I really like what they've done. They've built huge organizational depth, although we don't have a ton at the upper minors right now. There's lots coming. We've got our depth. We've got talent. We've been very active in the, the international class. So GM aside, like I think he's done a great job. Uh, the bullpen for me is rebuilt, right? There's room for like the over the top move at the trade deadline. That's there. We see it being rebuilt. They added one guy. That one guy is rebuilt. Like if you watch what Trevor Richards did in the back half, he was elite. <laughs> Zach Pop is coming into his own. Is going to be elite. You've added Eric Swanson. Yimmy Garcia was a nice sign. Romano, you know, does his job. It's shaky, but he gets it done. Um, and and you have. Meza, who is a great left-handed arm, he just can't be your setup man. That's that simple. You add one more left-handed arm in Taylor Sasato, or you you find a free agent lefty. There's really none out there. But where Hunjin Ryu comes back as your bullpen lefty, also no, just, not even oh. a little bit, not even a little right. bit. Hinjin Ryu comes back as your SP four, which is fine. You're talking about an opening day starter a couple years ago, a, a solid number two behind Clayton Kershaw for years. Like we don't mm-hmm. need him to be an ace. We need him to get us through five innings regularly. Yeah. That's it. I mean, right? at this and point, same with Mitch Wright. Probably gonna start Kikuchi fifth and hope it works out. And like, but guess what no though? If, if we if if we get a fraction of what we saw Kikuchi out of the bullpen in the last couple of weeks, there's there's enough there. So like, I hated that signing. I still hate that signing, but I think there is upside. I think it's a project, and I think the last two years of this deal could be really good. Where it's the complete opposite for Ryu. Like we knew signing Rio, it was the back half of that deal that was going to suck, right? So well, that's where we're at there. So I'm for one more starter. I am. I don't think Brios is going to be the same guy we saw last year. So I, I think we're one worse. we're yeah. one starter away. And and I think if there's injuries or, or you know, Mitch White, Kikuchi, et cetera, all fail, I think we're going to see Ricky Tiedemann next season. Um, and and I think he's going to plow through the way he's plowed through the entire minor league system so far. Like when your stuff's good, your stuff's good. So like I think he's going to be one of the first guys in a very long time. Toronto moves quickly on the pitching side, um, and we'll see. He's gonna he's gonna get an aggressive start at Double A. He's gonna have to have a prove it scenario. But I, I think one short term deal on the starter side, like as crazy as this sounds, like. I, and I don't think it's ever going to happen, but if, if Bauer was ever available, that would be a really, really interesting signing. Um, they, won't, they won't touch that. I no. know they won't, but it Not would be in, uh, an interesting sign. No, no, I agree. But it would be the perfect fit for what Toronto needs, a short-term, oh. high-end arm. It would be a missing piece for that team. Um, that's the kind of deal I'm looking for. I want, I want a high upside, risky, right-handed arm in the rotation. That's what I want. Not after uh, their former closer. They sent him packing the next day. There's not a chance they're touching that. I, I don't. Those. The, it's a touchy subject, but yeah, I don't know that those are the same thing. One. So you know, a fun thing close. to to end it on is we just talked Blue Jays for a long time, and and you mentioned several prospects as well. Things you hope for for this year. A name not mentioned is somebody that uh, everybody hung their hat on. You know, maybe even into last year was Nate Pearson. Not in the yeah. conversation right now. Um, possibly a guy, Thomas Hatch, who was, you know, came over in 2020, whenever 2019 trade, also possibly uh, just depth with Hatch. But I mean, Pearson's one of those former prospects, which is one of the reasons why we talk about um, assets are prospects, MLB players 
uh, are how you win leagues and championships and your head-to-head and your rotos and everything else. So Blue Jays have a lot of work to do. I like the Ricky Tiedemann promotion. He would end up playing this year at 20, age 20, possibly 21, depending on when he came up, which would be fun. Um, We got a lot. We probably could see with some injuries, Zuleta as well as another arm that we could see at the major league level. Right. There's, There's a, a lot of more, there. a lot of hot news still to come, though, Ty. To to, to yeah. hopefully, you know, build out depth charts amongst everybody. But um, and in yeah. in the last piece is I I really want to see a signed Bellinger. I think he's the right fit. I think he's going to be short term contract, short term money. Like I think he's the perfect scenario. Uh, we're not going to sign him long term. We don't need him long term. But Toronto's only going to do a one year deal wherever yeah. he goes. I'm sure it'll be a one year deal, and it'll be ten million or more. I think. Yeah, it's a perfect scenario. That. Yeah, it's a lefty and a bat, can play first center, right field. Like it fits everything we need. Uh let's do it. Um I, I do not want to see Nimmo. That's that I might move into Ronnie territory on the GM conversation if they sign Nimmo. Why would you spend a hundred million dollars on him? I Agreed. Don't yeah, go get Kiermeyer for fifty bucks. Like yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, but he Future can bring moves. back the oh. he can bring back the lineup card that he stole in the playoffs. 2024 season. Let's move Bo to second base and get a real shortstop. Bo's <laughs> defensive metrics are way better than people want to give credit to. Like way better. So I mean, I this I'm not here for that conversation because although Bo could get his crap together on two hoppers out his chest, um, he's a pretty good defensive shortstop when you when you take those stupid mental mistakes away. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I go through it go through the data and you will be impressed by what's what's underneath ty uh, you're the guy that always wraps up the podcast but you're all hot and bothered now can you still wrap it up we don't yeah. we don't need to get into the bow yet let's have ronnie back we'll for, another for, another, podcast for another day and I'll you guys go, can I'll dive in my bullets ready bow knows end of podcast 